Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A clutch. A quest. A cabriolet. A long-lost friend and the youth of today. We're driving stick this week on Tempest, powered by Jalopnik. I'm David Obachowski, and welcome to Tempest, a series that explores the heartbreaking and hilarious true stories about cars and their people. This week's episode of Tempest is just as much about memory as it is manual transmissions. We begin this episode with a yearbook inscription. You are one of my most favorite people in the world, and I hope that you are always happy in life. If you ever need anything, feel free to ask. Thanks so much for all the stick lessons. You gotta admit I'm good. Come visit me in college. Have fun in Illinois. Love, Catherine. I discovered this in my high school yearbook only a few months ago, and it was a very exciting moment. You see, Catherine is the reason I fell in love with driving stick. She used to be one of my closest friends at the end of high school, but I haven't spoken to her since we graduated in 1997. But as my love affair with cars and driving has grown over the years, I've thought more and more about Catherine. I've even looked her up on the internet from time to time, but have never managed to find her. What makes that yearbook inscription so interesting is that it doesn't make a ton of sense. In it, she thanks me for the stick lessons, but really, she was the one who had the car with a manual. She had a Volkswagen Cabriolet. I had a Honda with an automatic. And even though I knew how to drive stick, I hated doing it because of a really bad experience I had when I was learning. I'll tell you about that soon. Point is, sometimes I think that if it weren't for Catherine and her cabriolet, maybe I wouldn't be where I am today, writing about cars, doing a podcast about cars. And so I decided to finally track her down, to thank her, to see how she's doing, but mostly to solve the mystery of that yearbook inscription. It's funny now that I think about it. I couldn't stand driving stick when I was learning it. Then I became close friends with someone because of it. And now that I don't have a car with a manual, I miss it like crazy. There's something kind of magical about driving stick, something mysterious. And it seems like everyone has a story about learning stick. At least, they do in my family. So let's explore the magic of the manual. But before we get back to Catherine, before you hear the painful tale of my time learning stick, the hysterical story of my father learning to drive stick, let's take a look at right now. What is the state of stick today? You know, you could say that the best uh, anti-theft device you can get is a manual transmission, just because nobody knows how to drive them anymore. Um... I think it's only like 18% of people know how to drive stick now. This is Jalopnik Features Editor Raphael Orlov, and he's citing U.S. statistics here. It's like tiny. It's like one in five, I guess. Um, and the, 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 the number of cars which are sold with a manual is minute. I think in 2016, the L.A. Times reported that fewer than, that like less than 3% of new cars have a third, have a third pedal, which is insane. You know, it, like this was the standard transmission. That's what you called it back in the day. And now it's this uh, total lost art. A lost art. Is that true? Are there really no kids learning to drive stick? I wanted to find that out, so I met up with two 16-year-olds. So your name? Josh Hansen. We're also in the car with? Nathan Pedry. That last guy, Nathan Pedry, he's my nephew. And as luck would have it, he had just turned 16 literally the day before I recorded this. 
that's the age you can get your license here in Colorado. Only Nathan didn't get his license. At least he hasn't yet. Well, I mean, I obviously think it's cool now that I'm 16. I kind of regret regret waiting to uh, get my permit, but I'm not like devastated that I didn't get it. I'm not that. I'm not a car junkie, I guess you could say. I had asked if any of his friends know how to drive stick, and he told me his buddy Josh does. So I met up with the both of them so we could go drive around a bit. Nathan, where should we go? I have no idea. Uh, all right, let's go, I guess. We'll go through the neighborhood. So we're in a, this is a fairly, this is a fairly cool car. This is a, this is a manual. This is a three-pedal. What kind of car is this? Uh, it's a 2008 Subaru Impreza. This is very nice condition for an 08. It looks oh. like the odometer says 98,000 miles. Yes, it does. Just hit 98,000 a couple weeks ago. As we drove around, Josh cycled through the gears, and he told me about how tough it was when he first learned to drive a manual, but how proud he is to do it now. Uh, it's hard when you first get in the car and there's uh, three pedals instead of two. It's really different. And, uh, you know, when you have your dad standing next to you screaming, don't stall, don't stall, don't stall, it doesn't really make it much easier. Um, but I found that it's been really uh, nice to be able to drive manual because people, you know, other people think it's cool and... It's actually more fuel efficient, which is kind of nice. I tell them the statistics of how few people drive stick anymore and ask them if it jibes with the people they know at their high school. And they agree. Out of the 2,000 kids who go there, they only know two or three who drive stick. Uh, yeah, uh, that's, that's about it. I mean, uh, it's kind of a lost art. There's that phrase again, lost art. Yeah, um, I think it's kind of a travesty. You know, if you go to any other country, people are all driving stick. He thinks everyone should learn. So I asked him. Have you taught anyone how to drive stick now that you know how to um, do it? I've let a, I've let a few people um, drive this car in the parking lot. Um, that's about it. <laughs> Funny you should mention. How would you feel about maybe saying Nathan is... You've never tried to ever drive stick, right? No. <laughs> and would you be willing to at least attempt it? I guess. <laughs> I don't want to, I do not want anyone to do anything they're not comfortable with. That would be, you know, for any reason whatsoever. Okay, full disclosure. I hadn't totally sprung this on Nathan. He is, after all, my nephew. So when he told me about Josh, I asked him if he'd be up for this little automotive experiment, and he was. With Josh willing to volunteer his car... No, he, he can drive it. I'll, I'll let him. ...and his wisdom, we got right to it. Uh, all right, well, it's a lot different because you have to use two feet instead of one. As a teacher, Josh is not one for idle lectures. He's more of a jump-right-in, learn-as-you-go kind of guy. The first thing you're going to want to do is take that left foot and put that push the way pedal on the left all the way down. And then you'll take this stick right here, and you'll move it uh, up and all the way to the, up to the left, all the way. You'll go left and then up. Left and up. Yeah. All right, so now you're in first. Okay. So if you take your foot off the clutch, don't do it. <laughs> but uh, if you take your foot off the clutch right now, it'll just stall immediately. Uh -huh. So what you're going to want to do is just press on the gas till it gets about till about 12, uh, 2,500 RPM, like right there. Okay. And then just drop oh, the clutch. Shit. You stalled. That's okay. Yeah. All right, so press, <laughs> press the clutch in. And just like that, we're into round two. All the way and then the brake. All right, so now you're in neutral. So switch into first. All right, so now just get it up to 2,500 RPM and just go off slowly, like really slowly. All right. That was a lot closer. That was pretty close. Here, <laughs> so clutch and brake. Round three. All right, so now go clutch, gas, just really slowly though, like really, it'll seem way too slow. But... 
Hey, you got it. Oh, yay. There you go. All right, so now if we're gonna stop up here, you're gonna wanna push the clutch all the way in and the brake. Where? Just push the clutch all the way in, wherever you wanna stop. He did it. In only three quick tries, and with, well, not a ton of detailed explanation from his younger teacher, he did it. I was proud of how quickly Nathan got it. Uh, how'd that feel to, to put the car into gear and, uh, is it kind of frightening? Or is it, was it like exhilarating? Tell, what do you think? It wasn't necessarily frightening because we're in a parking lot with nobody, but um, I feel like if I was out on the road, I would, it would definitely be a little scary. In the end, Nathan was glad to have tried it, and he seemed proud of himself for getting it to work, but the experience had hardly awoken some innate dormant passion for driving. We said our goodbyes. Cool, guys. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk to me about all this stuff. Oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah. Thank you. All right. I thought about that lesson Nathan had, and then I thought back to the yearbook inscription from Catherine. Thanks so much for all the stick lessons. You gotta admit I'm good. It still didn't make sense. She was the one with the manual, not me. That would have been like Nathan giving Josh a lesson. Well, kind of. Nathan had never driven stick before, but when I met Catherine, I had. Only, it didn't go well for me at all. My dad had taught me, and as it turns out, he's got some interesting stories about learning to drive too. When we come back, some very funny, very disastrous family history. I was born in 1979. Obviously, I don't remember much from those first few years, but as far back as I can remember, my dad was driving stick. No surprise then, he was the guy who first taught me and my older brother the manual transmission. You know, and I, I just I just want to just, uh, just correct one thing, not correct, but just clarify. This is my dad. I never, never, never wanted to drive stick. Your mother drove stick like a champion. She learned on a stick, apparently, and I never wanted to learn. You know, she kept saying to me, you know, you got to learn how to drive stick. You should just learn how to drive it. You'll, you'll, you'll like it. And we used to go out on weekends and, you know, parking lots, big office parking lots that were empty. And I'd be trying to drive the Beetle, I think it was. And I mean, Christ, you, it was like, it was like I was riding a bucking Bronco. I mean, it was, and she would get, you know, irritated with me like what are you what the hell are you doing he didn't like it and he wasn't good at it so i just basically kept saying to her you know i don't want to drive this you know fucking thing okay i got my own car it's automatic what have you but then one day i worked in staten island and we lived in marstown uh one day i had a big big meeting and of course my car the automatic didn't start mom who was working as a teacher uh i said to her i went to her and it was early in the morning i said hey you're going to have to drive me to work. And she looked at me and she said, well, I, I got to go to school. And I said, well, I got to get to work. I got this big meeting. And she said, then you take the Volkswagen. And I said, I, I can't drive the fucking Volkswagen. You know, and she said, well, I'm not going to drive you to work. You're going to have to drive the Volkswagen. There were no arguments about it. There were no other options. I literally was learning as I was driving to work. When I, you know, I get someplace... I'd have my foot on the 
I'd have it in neutral, I'd have my foot on the brake, and I'd have the car going, you know, as, as fast as it could in neutral. You could hear it like it was like a cement mixer. Then literally edge it off and you hear like, you know, screech. And, and you know, I'd jump, you know, 10 feet, car would stall out. It was a, it was a torturous, torturous drive to work. And I can remember passing kids, many, many kids, some with their parents at bus stops for a school bus. They're all looking at me. And it, and it never, I never dawned on me how many friggin' hills I had to get over to get to work. And I mean, and so I was having that car foot on the brake and revving it up in neutral. And people on the side of the streets were wondering, what the hell is this guy doing trying to fly? So, so he learned to drive stick. And even though he taught my brother and I to drive stick, the thanks really goes to my mother. Mom's, mom uh, deserves a credit for uh, teaching me partially how to drive stick and sort of kind of encouraging me to make sure that the boys knew how to drive stick because after that, you can drive anything. Once my dad got the hang of driving stick, he liked it. And the next car he got himself was an 86 Nissan 200SX with a manual five-speed. That's what my brother learned on. But then in 1994, right when he was about to teach me how to drive, he got a new car, and it was an upgrade a 1994 Acura Integra. And I emphasize the year because... Yes, actually, 94 was an interesting year. Um, that was when the Integra went from being um, kind of a, a funky, weird little car and then became uh, the Integra of all of our dreams. Once again, providing some detail and context, Raphael Orlov. Sort of cemented itself in the in the public consciousness as this sort of like... Uh, a little sporty coupe that sort of punched above its own weight. I asked Raphael about this because I know how I remember it. I know how I've always framed it in my mind. But Raphael is impartial and he really knows his stuff. I actually did my senior thesis in college on 1980s, uh, the auto industry in the 1980s. Um, I don't know how many other people have written 100 pages on emissions regulations uh, in my field. Um, but there's me. Learning to drive stick on a nearly brand new 94 Integra was far different than learning to drive on, say, a 7-year-old 86 SX. And I say that with experience because I did drive that 86 SX from time to time. And these were two very, 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 very different machines. Raphael backs me up on this. These were, like, much better built, higher tech engines than you would have expected from a Japanese car company some years before. Now, the model Integra my father got was a GSR, which featured their most powerful drivetrain, including the DOHC VTEC engine. Oh, yeah. They're not cramming in just any old big, lumpy V8 under the hood. They're building something which is refined and uh, still small, but making as much power as possible. Once you're really in the gas, once you're, you know, up in the revs, really getting into it, it becomes this more sort of like snarling sports car engine. Point is, the Integra had power, especially to someone who had literally never driven a car before. It was not exactly forgiving for your 15-year-old novice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a light car. Um, it had more than enough power. If you've got your your foot is coming off the clutch and the engagement isn't coming yet and you start revving too much and then you're dropping the clutch too early, yeah, you would totally smoke the fronts for sure. Which brings us to one fateful day in 1995. And I'm going to tell you all about it right after this break. 
Okay, picture it. 1995, I've got my learner's permit, and I'm learning to drive stick on a still quite new 94 Integra GSR. The clutch on this thing was completely unforgiving, and yet I'd somehow managed to get the hang of it. Kind of. You you were doing very, very well. So I said to you, hey, listen, how about tomorrow you drive this, the car to school? Uh, you know, obviously I'd have to be in it with you. And you were like, wow, you would let me do that. And I said, yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, you're going to do it sooner or later. And uh, you're not going to get any better. You, uh, you know, you think you've got this down pretty good. This conversation was taking place in the Integra during one of our training sessions. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I was driving. And so we were, uh, we were going into our driveway. You were at the controls. And our driveway was not easy. We, had, we were sort of on top of a hill. And then we had a driveway went down the down a slope and because the garage opened on the opposite side and had to make kind of a you know, a sharp left-hand turn it made a sharp u you have got to just perfectly you know hit the, the perfect spot in the driveway and have the wheels turned exactly perfect to be able to go down and make a u-turn right into the garage but to complicate things further, it went uphill right as it approached the base. So the driver went down, and then you came around to the left, and it sort of came up. I guess that just allowed water to run away from the house. So here I am, trying to get the car lined up with the left bay, and at one moment trying to keep the car from going too fast down the hill, but then also add power to get up into the garage. And I wind up in the sort of in-between place where I'm not quite lined up with the bay and I'm halfway in but halfway out of the garage and I'm just trying to close the deal. There's a little bit of a hesitation about in the car. It's like sort of like, uh, uh, you know, hanging there. And then it sort of like jerked forward a little bit. And unfortunately, you weren't squared up with the opening and you actually hit the side of the garage with uh, the passenger side of the car. To be clear, it didn't just jerk forward. It did exactly what Raphael said. With the car halfway into the garage but rolling back, I tried adding more power by giving it more gas. Only the revs weren't the issue. The issue was that the transmission hadn't engaged. So as the engine revved higher, I tried easing off the clutch. Only I guess I didn't ease it because all of a sudden I basically smoked the fronts and found myself rocketing into the garage. But remember, the car wasn't lined up. The wheel was cocked full left to try to make the turn, and so then I overcompensated, and a split second later, the car was literally stuck onto the center pillar that divided the left and right bay of the garage. The passenger door was essentially fused onto that pillar. You just said, get out, and then I I sort of watched as you, and I remember mom came running out because she heard an awful noise. And she was probably trying to protect you, too. She probably said, okay, I got to throw my body in front of <laughs> <laughs> and you rocking the car back and forth to free it mm-hmm. from the column and just, you know, seeing that additional but necessary yeah. damage that, you know, had to be done just to get the car yeah. off the column. And, oh, God, just broke my heart. And um, I remember feeling like 
dad is going to kill me. Like, (laughs) it's not even a question. But to my surprise, he didn't kill me. In fact, he didn't even yell at me. Instead, he very sternly told me that I would still be driving to school the next day. And I did, showing all the world the mangled passenger side of my father's new Integra. So why didn't I get in trouble? I'll let him explain. Well, I had, uh, I had, you know, been riding around from my, my driver's permit. My stepfather was helping me. He was a professional truck driver. His stepfather was named Buddy. I always knew him as my grandfather. Buddy was teaching my dad how to drive. This would have been 1961, 1962. He, he had patience. Of, he had so much patience. Unbelievable. So, okay, the big day arrives and my father takes his driver's test and he passes. Proud as can be, Buddy drove him back from the DMV and when they pulled into the driveway... He said to me, what are you going to do now? Why don't you take the car out for a drive all by yourself? I said, no, I, I can't do that. He said, you got your driver's license. But you, 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 you should do that. Why wouldn't you do that? And he was, you know, smiling and uh, I said, wow, uh, I guess I could. What made this a big deal was the car itself. I think it was it was a white I think it was a Ford Galaxy. It was it was white and it was relatively new if not brand new and it was one of his prides and joy. Uh, he liked working with cars, but he didn't do anything on this car cuz it was like one of his favorite cars. So my father's in the brand new white Galaxy. So he went into the house and I sat in the car and it was a, a driveway we had, very very tight driveway. We rented the house and on the left-hand side the pet, the driver's side uh was me. And uh, and there was this big uh, stone wall. I had plenty of room to get into the car on the driver's side, so it was no problem. And uh, so I said, okay, now I'm going to back out of this. And I had my my uh, arm. I was looking to, you know, over my right shoulder, you know, to make sure I was backing up, you know, on a driveway and not hitting the house, what have you. Well, I guess in my uh, in my concern not to hit the house, uh, I didn't realize I was drifting uh, towards a wall. And uh, long before I got out of the driveway, um, I started hearing a sound that was you know, like metal, like, and I'm, th- and I'm looking over my right shoulder, not even realizing what's happening on the left of me. And my heart just sank, just praying to God, dear God, please, 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 let me have run over like a fucking cup or a tin can or something. I looked and literally the wall was right next to me. I mean, next to me. And I had literally scraped the side of the driver's side of the car from, I think if I remember, almost from the back all the way to the front. My father scrapes and dents the entire length of the car on the wall, and he must have felt in that moment just as horrible as I did some 30 years later in his Acura. I am absolutely crushed crushed and now he had to face buddy by this time you know buddy had heard the sound i'm standing in front of the car and literally i'm crying i'm like i'm crying it's like this can't be happening i just i literally just got my driver's license and i took my brand new driver's license and i ripped it up into i don't know how many pieces and i threw it on the ground and I said, I'm, I'm done with driving. I'm not going to drive. I'm never going to drive again. And I was crying. I was pissed off and crying. And I ran into the, to the house. You know, a little while later, you know, Buddy came in. And he actually had taped the pieces up together. And he basically said to me, he said, hey, you didn't do it on purpose. It was an accident. 
accidents happen. We'll get the car fixed. He says, the thing is, you got to get out there and drive. And, uh, you know, it was very, very, very calm. And I couldn't believe it. Like, Jesus, man, how can this guy be calm? I just wrecked this goddamn car. And I really could not get over Like, wow, this guy didn't get mad at me. I, I don't understand that. Yeah. You know, fast forward, and there's a similar, similar situation. In your case, you know, with the, with the stick shift and a very, very difficult pattern of the driveway into the garage and the slants and the, and the grades, you know, so probably a hundred times more difficult than mine. And, uh, you know, yours, you were, you were closer to being successful than I was with the automatic. And, uh, so, you know, buddy, God bless him. Uh, the forgiveness he showed me, uh, is came out, you know, with me for you. And, uh, and I can guarantee as you can attest, you know, me forgiving is not necessarily a natural thing that comes to me and uh but in this case um it did because of what the guy did for me for my father and i both learning to drive wasn't the thing that made us fall in love with driving but it did teach us about forgiveness what made me fall in love with driving was Catherine and her cabriolet and when we come back from the break after 20 years i'm going to reconnect with her and solve the riddle of her yearbook inscription stay with me A few months ago, I reached out to everyone who I still even vaguely knew from high school and asked them if they knew where Catherine was. No luck. But they asked even more people, and eventually one person followed a serpentine social media trail to a profile belonging to someone with the first name of Cat. Last name? Not the same as when we went to school together. The photo, though, that was unmistakably her. I sent her an excited note via messenger, and immediately three gray dots appeared indicating she was typing something back. Then they went away, then came back, went away, came back, went away, came back, and finally, a cautious one-line reply, asking for more information. She told me to email her, and so I did, and a couple weeks later, she agreed to an interview under the condition that I not use her last name, and then I meet her at the school where she works, which is right outside of New York City, in our home state of New Jersey. As it turns out, I was going out there anyway. About a month later, I was on the subway and path trains on my way to see her. I was nervous, but I occupied myself by thinking about all of the things I was going to ask her. And then finally, I was there. Catherine, are you someone here to see you? Okay, okay, great, thank you. She'll be right now. I waited in the office for Catherine. Here I was, back in a school in New Jersey. Somehow it was all so fitting. Catherine arrived a few minutes later and led me down a hallway as we tried to manage suitable greetings after 20 years of silence. How are you? Good, how are you? So weird. (laughs) We settled into our seats in the classroom and got started. I'm like nervous. (laughs) I quickly learned that Catherine is just as shy now as she was when we were kids. 
which is to say, extremely. This particular story that I'm working on, part of it is kind of about, is about memory. Mm-hmm. And it's been a while. Yeah. So 20 years. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we've, we, last time we saw each other was, had, had to be 97, right? Yeah. And since the story is about memory, I told her how I remembered us being such close friends. I, w- I feel like we went back and forth. Like, it's weird because I was trying to remember. I was like, oh, I remember, like, hanging out a lot, like, senior year, like, in the winter, and then, like, in the summer. But nothing in between. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, I don't know. That's weird. It stung a little bit to hear that she didn't really remember us as such close friends. And I was about to learn just how unreliable memory is. Or at least, my memory. Yeah, so let's talk about the car. Um, I remember it being... I had pitched when I kind of wrote the sketch that I called it Catherine's Cabriolet. Okay. It was a Cabriolet? No, it was a Toyota Corolla. In high school? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I had an old Toyota Corolla. <laughs> it wasn't a white Cabriolet? It was a white Corolla. It was? Was it yeah. a hatchback? No. For 20 years now, I have been telling people that I fell in love with driving stick in a Cabriolet, in Catherine's Cabriolet. Catherine seemed amused by my confusion. It was it was a four-door white Corolla? Yeah, like blue interior. I can picture the interior. <laughs> Changes the whole story. You're like, wait, whose cabriolet was I in? Yeah. <laughs> With my confidence in my memory shaken, I told her that the way I recalled it, our entire friendship was pretty much based around cars. She gave it some thought. That's so funny. It's true because I feel like all my memories with you are like literally in a car. So I asked her about that. We had this car thing. <laughs> yeah. What do you remember about that? Um, I mean, you basically helped me get over, like, being able to drive a stick shift. Like, you, I was, like, terrified all the time. And you were like, that's it, you're going to learn. And, like, that much I remember. And there it was. Before I could even ask her, she solved the mystery of the inscription. I turned to the page where you signed my yearbook. Okay. And it said, thanks for all the stick lessons. You got to admit I'm good wait a minute, this is crazy. Did I teach her how to drive stickers? <laughs> I thought she taught me because she was the one who had the manual. I had kind of a fear of it from my dad's car, which was impossible. And then I was like, but maybe she didn't know how to drive her car very well. And I actually helped her. Yeah, that's what it was. Because I used to even like, I wouldn't want to drive to school or like, we'd go out to lunch. I'd be like, I don't want to go. Like, like I'll go, but I don't want to drive. I would avoid like certain roads in Morristown. So, wow. Yeah. Apparently, I was a pretty good teacher too. And I remember, like, there was like a technique that I still tell people that you made me go on like a hill and you were like, oh, like, um, you have to like adjust the clutch and the gas so you're not moving. And like, that's like the perfect spot you want to be in when you shift. And I still use that advice to this day. <laughs> you do? <laughs> yeah. I always tell people that because that's like, it's so hard to figure out when you're driving stick. I feel like you're either like, gunning it or like there's no like you have to get that equal i hopefully the way that i taught you to drive stick proved to be good in that you you haven't had a problem where you've had to replace a lot of clutches have you no never (laughs) (laughs) but the more we reminisced about driving the more we remembered that really our friendship did go beyond the clutch and those drives we took they were more than just driving lessons she reminded me about how i would take the time to confide in her about things and it's true i really did trust her And Catherine says, I did something for her, too. I feel like you were always trying to, like, build my confidence. 
Yeah, I feel like you would always kind of be like, oh, because I would like tell you about stuff going on with like my friends and you'd be like, well, like you should stand up to them or like you should do this or do that. So I feel like you were always just like trying to build my confidence. And this brings us back to the topic of how good of friends we actually were. Like if somebody was like, oh, who were your closest friends in high school? Like it probably would not be, you wouldn't be like somebody who automatically popped into my head. But I feel like we had like a, like a deeper friendship than I did with most people who were my like good friends, if that makes sense. And before we parted ways, I asked her, do you still drive stick? I do. It's so funny because... There was one time in the last 20 years that she had a car with an automatic transmission. She hated it. And I was like, I have to get a stick. Like, I hate driving automatic. It's so... I'm like, where's my hand going? So maybe it wasn't a cabriolet after all. But I still know that I fell in love with driving stick in Catherine's car, a Corolla. And as it turns out, she did too. And she still loves it. And so do I. How about you? Do you row your own gears? They say it's a lost art, but it's not lost yet. Thanks for listening to Tempest, powered by Jalopnik. The show is produced and written by me, David Obachowski, with editorial oversight by Kristen Lee and Patrick George. Mondan Amafidi is the executive director of audio. Music by me, David Obachowski, and my projects, Distant Correspondent and Memory Bias. The episode was mixed by Jamie Colazzo. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Panoply, NPR One, and wherever you get your podcasts. Email us, tempest at jalopnik.com. Drive safe and love your car, especially if it's a 94 Integra GSR. Though if it is, watch that clutch. It's a little tricky. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.